0: Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here it is. A Saturday, October 16th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. Going to be an interesting episode. I'm going to recap the game, uh, the opener against the Vancouver Canucks, a 5 4 shootout loss. We're going to get into some Twitter questions and also a couple of rating and reviews that were left that I want to talk about. So, some some interesting stuff. In this episode, going to be a little different than a normal episode, but let's talk about the game first, because it was game one of the first of 82 this season. Flyers end up salvaging a point, and boy, did they ever. They salvage the point by getting two goals with the goaltender pulled after being down four to two. Four second period goals by Vancouver. Flyers lead after one period of play on a Joel Farabee goal, head into the second, and then Vancouver scores three unanswered goals. Pod Colson scores on Carter Hart. Uh, beats him high glove from uh, just about the, the about the dot, face-off dot in the circle. Elias Pettersson gets uh, Carter Hart on the power play after a shot's kind of blocked by Ivan Provorov then hits off the end boards and then comes back off the end boards and hits off Carter Hart's left leg and into the back of the net. And then the Alex Chase on goal, which is also a power play goal, for the Vancouver Canucks, after Hart makes a really good save on a 5-on-3, and then it's able to get poked past him. And then Cam Atkinson scores uh, to get the Flyers back within one off a great pass from Joel Farabee. It's Atkinson's first as a Flyer. You see that that touch that he has when scoring, just gets it right off his stick. And then at 17.07 of the second period, Vancouver uh, ends the period with their fourth goal of the period to go up 4-2 to two on a J.T. Miller goal that was on a dead angle a really sharp angle shot that Carter Hart stopped and kind of had wedged between his foot and the goal line in the post. And Carter doesn't really know where the puck is. And he doesn't want to do any, make any sudden movements for fear that he may knock it in. Can't really feel it down there on his skate. The referee doesn't see that he has the puck covered, even though he likely lost sight of it. Because as I rewatched it, the ref's on the other side. But eventually, J.T. Miller spots the puck along the goal line there and comes and jabs it in. Uh, A bit of a weird goal. Elaine Vigneault kind of termed it that way as well, that two of the goals that Vancouver scored were strange ones and bad luck goals for Hart. Uh, The first one being the Pedersen one that gets blocked and hits off the end boards and then off the back of his leg, and then that J.T. Miller one. But then in the third period... Flyers down two. They pull the goaltender with about three minutes left. They end up with a power play because Travis connecting got high sticked, and then he scored to make it four to three to put the Flyers within one and not soon thereafter at eighteen forty-eight, It was Claude Giroux off that bounce pass behind the net from Sean Couturier and he beats Thatcher Demko who can't get over to his right post quick enough and Giroux tied the game at four. They would head into the overtime um, and Flyers had some early opportunities in the overtime, but then there was a shift in the overtime uh, from about the three-minute mark for about a minute 40 that the Flyers didn't touch the puck, and they couldn't get off the ice. Ryan Ellis, Scott Lawton, and Oscar Lindblom, but eventually goes to the shootout. Uh, Flyers unable to score, and there are two attempts on the shootout, and Vancouver is able to score on both of their attempts. Elias Pettersson beat Carter Hart on their first attempt after Sean Couturier missed the opening attempt for the Flyers. Uh, Then Claude Giroux uh, was stopped by Thatcher Demko. Demko made a great save on that one on Giroux. And then JT Miller ends up beating Carter Hart. That gives the Canucks the two points, the shootout win. The Flyers come away with a point. And again, it's a point that they salvaged in this game by getting the two goals with the goaltender pulled. Um, One thing Elaine Vigneault did mention post-game, Uh, Some of the penalties that the Flyers took, Flyers took too many, four minor penalties in the game, and the power play hasn't been good enough. It was one of my concerns coming into the season, proved to be true, is two of the goals, including the game winner, uh, essentially, two of the goals uh, in that second period, back-to-back goals, were scored on the power play uh, by the Canucks, And the Flyers, they need to get better on the penalty kill, and they got to not put themselves in that situation to kill penalties, including that five-on-three with a puck over the glass. And just uh, those are the kind of things that you have to avoid. And one of the reasons why they don't take two points out of this game tonight. They really controlled play in the first period, but you saw the pushback in the second period by the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, a point to start the season, not a great start to the season, Uh, But uh, they'll get back at it on Monday against the Seattle Kraken when Dave Haxtall comes back to Philadelphia as the head coach of another NHL team, one that didn't exist uh, prior to this season, and that it will be the Seattle Kraken. Uh, First of all, total stick taps to the, the fans in attendance. The environment was awesome. We haven't seen an environment in Philadelphia like that for a Flyers game in a really long time. When Konechny scored to get the Flyers within one with the goaltender pulled on the power play, the place went ballistic. And then when Giroux scored to tie the game, it went ballistic again. And it was just awesome to have everybody back and cheering and going crazy. I know they didn't win the game, but uh, the number one star of the game for me was the fans. It was just incredible to see. So um, that part felt really normal and really good. Um, but let's get into the other portion of this podcast. We're going to start first with these two reviews that... I read the reviews that come in um, to Flyers Daily, whether you post them on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify. I read them, and, and I take them to heart. I get a lot of good reviews. I think they're 4.9 out of 5. A lot of people like the podcast, like the elements of the podcast, like the interviews, like who we get on. and I, And I recognize that this podcast has a distinct advantage that I can get guests on this podcast that other podcasts can't. can't. And that's because I'm, it's affiliated with the organization. It's not because of me. It's because of the organization. And and that's a great thing. And that's something that I take seriously is bringing those guests to you and also trying to get more out of those guests than, you know, we got to work hard, get pucks deep, take away time and space, you know, and try and have human conversations. But uh, I wanted to attack, to uh, not attack, that's the wrong word, uh, but bring up these two recent um, reviews of the podcast. And one guy said, uh, anti-analytics, and he gave it one star. And he said, if you want anything objective, then you won't get it from these Flyers employees. They love making excuses for the GM and ownership. This is the best podcast for fans of Andrew McDonald, Dale Weiss, Nate Thompson, and Risto. If you'd like advanced acts or anything critical, look somewhere else. If you want to say say the team is smart and the fans are stupid, then tune in. Um, first of all, I was not a Dale Weiss fan. Um, I was not an Andrew McDonald fan. Uh, I'm very intrigued by Rasmus Rostelainen, and I believe that physical play still has a place in this game, and he can add a lot, and he can fill a hole for this team. If me liking him is anti-analytics because the analytics say he's Andrew McDonald. Look, and I, I, Rasmus, Andrew McDonald never had three straight, four straight, 40-point seasons. I think if you think that Rasmus and is Andrew McDonald, I think that's foolish. If that's what your analytics say and you think I'm an, anti-analytics because I believe that, then fi- that's fine. But I, I, my job with this podcast is to remove emotion. And analyze the game, and not just be emotional like a fan. That's just that's not my job. I do get emotional and I get pissed off, and I think we saw that quite often last year, and I've been very critical of this team and and as far as making excuses for the GM, this GM accomplished a lot this summer, but I think I've said on a number of occasions that what he accomplished this summer is all well and good, but it doesn't mean anything. If it doesn't work on the ice, I've been burned. We as Philadelphia fans have been burned too many times by a team being better on paper. Paper doesn't mean anything. So that's how I would respond to that. I hope you'll listen again. You know, I hope you'll give it another chance. I hope that my explanation maybe clarifies that I'm not anti-analytics. I think analytics have a, an important part in sports, but they can't be religion. They can't be everything. And when you make comparisons and calling Rasmus Ristolain and Andrew McDonald, I think that you're making a religion, and I think that's foolish. I think you're trying to add too much predictability to an unpredictable sport. Um, And then there's just one more I wanted to read, and it came from a guy. He says, I don't care about your ads, and he gave it a two-star review, and he says, don't hate your market so much. He said, I like the overall information and production of the podcast. Jason has great guests and good insight into the Flyers organization. He said, my complaint with this podcast is Martinez's attitude towards Phillies fans. Uh, It feels like most episodes start off with whatever grievance he has on rumblings from social media and his perception of the overall mentality of the fan base. I think it can be really great cast when you get past him telling Flyers fans to calm down or stop overreacting or what we're we're wrong about something. Again, I like his lens on certain situations, but he does generalize the fan base too much, give your opinion and allow other, others to have theirs. That's great advice. And I do and I do do that sometimes. I get annoyed with tired narratives. I do. Everything, you know, when you lose a game, it's the goalie's fault. Um, I try to look deeper than that and find, you know, the, the situation, where the breakdown was, why it happened, and all those things. And sometimes I do lump fans together that are dissatisfied. And I'll keep and I will be cognizant of that to not do that. Now a lot of times as far as starting the po- podcast off with something based off social media, in the off season, that's what we do. We do a lot of that. We have to go to social media. There's nothing happening when the team's not playing. And we go through questions and, and complaints and we do an episode on certain subjects. Um, That will change now that the season's here. We have more reaction, and like we're going to get to right now, we're going to get into questions from after the game tonight. So, you know, it it changes throughout the year of the podcast, and this podcast is not perfect, and there's things that I need to change about it, and there's criticisms that I need to consider that are valid, Um, and with that, I will do that. Um, But there are certain things that, I, I won't change. I, I'm not going to be just over-the-top angry and scream and yell like some other podcasts do. That's just not who I am. So I, I hope that makes sense. But let's get to some Twitter questions as a way of a, a segue. And as Isaiah from uh, B Puck tweets in and he says, was that goal an example of a goalie positioning himself out of making a save? It's something that Kevin Woodley talks about a lot. Yeah, Kevin and I do talk about that. And sometimes you can position yourself out of making a save by the way you set up on a shot. And I'm not sure on that one, Isaiah, because I only see the one angle of it. I have to see more angles. It didn't look to me like he gave up too much on the short side. It was a great shot that beat him short side high. And the one thing I went and looked at right away in, in my NHL video cast where I have the opportunity to go back and look at things in slow motion was I was looking at his depth and his depth wasn't too deep in the net. His heels were on the top of the crease. I don't know if it was just a good shot but that's a great question but I'm just not sure of the answer of that yet. I'll need to get a couple of different angles at it to see if the positioning that he was in, if his if his body was turned slightly, if he kind of put himself in a position and, and made it much more difficult of it save than it needed to be. That will, will be something that, that I look at, and I will have to get back to you, and I'll do that on social media. Um a newbie tweets in, he says, Ivan Provorov played over 29 minutes total in the game. Ryan Ellis played over 28. Is that a pace that can reasonably expect to keep over an 82-game schedule? Well, I think part of that, too, is both of those players played a good amount in the three-on-three overtime. So that, that added, I mean, at least... Three and a half minutes, I think, were added to Ryan Ellis's total from the overtime. And Proveroff was out there for multiple shifts. And like I mentioned kind of right off the top, Ellis got caught out there for that minute and 40, minute 50 long shift. Um, it in, in late in that overtime from about the three-minute mark to about a minute 20 left. So uh, that tilts it. But no, that I think that's too many in a normal 60-minute game. I don't think they should be playing that much because that is a lot to expect over an 82-game season, especially, especially, Colin, when these games still are condensed. Um, Matt Cousin tweets in and says, how many games in should we start to worry about Carter Hart's confidence and overall play? I I can't even think about that right now, to be honest with you. A couple of the goals tonight were weird, and and you kind of go to yourself as a goalie like, oh, boy, here we go again, right? That's what you're thinking. I I don't think that it's anywhere near that right now, so I'm not even going to worry about that right now. Let's take game two that he plays, whether he plays against Seattle on Monday or he gets uh, the Boston game on Wednesday. We'll just go from there. But when it's time to answer that question, I think we'll be – I hope it's never time to answer it, to be honest with you. But – We'll take that as it becomes pertinent. I don't think it is just yet. Spencer Severs tweets in and said, AV said the penalties were the reason the momentum disappeared. He said, I feel though many teams with good PKs gain momentum, gain more momentum when they kill a penalty. How do they fix these issues? Is it personnel execution or coaching? Great question. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I think that they have some pretty good penalty killers on the team. And I think they've had... Streaks where they've killed penalties well, and then there's others where I feel like they don't pressure the puck enough, and they let the opposition set up. And when the opposition can, opposition can set up with time, they're, they're, these players are so good they're gonna they're gonna find a way to beat you on that east west play or move the puck high to low. I think the Flyers need to pressure the puck more, and I'm not sure if that's what's being coached. Um, I'll have to ask around and ask some questions on that, Uh, but the penalty kill is not where it needs to be. I I think we all agree on that. Teddy Z tweets in and says, Why, why, why can't this talented team score on a shootout? After a tremendous OT, it looks like Carter ran out of gas. Will this comeback give them something to build on for Monday's game? I don't know. I don't know if it, a game like this really gives you something to build on. There were elements of the game I thought they did really well. They got off to a great start. That was one of the the boxes they needed to check for this year to get off to better starts. I thought they played a really good first period. Carter, you're right, was really good in the overtime, made some big saves. After some goals that were bizarre in nature in this game, he rebounded and made some big saves. Um, why can't they score in the shootout? Why can't they score in the shootout? That's anyone's guess. I don't know. Ever since it came in, they just haven't been a team that's good at it. And I don't know why. You're right, though. They have good players. They have players that have skill to score in shootouts, but they just don't seem to have a lot of success in them. They went 3-1 in shootouts last year, but overall, they since it came in, they weren't that good. Spencer tweets in and says, The team seemed to give up on the forecheck and were less aggressive after the first period. Are they relying on Ristolainen to carry that toughness, or is this going to be a momentum thing? When they are hot, they are mean, and when they aren't, they sit back. I, look, I think it just looks like that. When you have momentum, it looks like you're all over the opposition, and they have you're suffocating them. And when the other team has the momentum, it looks like you're chasing your tail. I think that's just part of it. Um, I, I don't think it, it's—to me, it's not an effort thing. It's just the ebbs and flows of a game. Bahama Mama Enthusiast tweets in and says, Can you evaluate Carter Hart? He seemed as bad as ever, and in my opinion, was the reason they lost. Look, I'm not going to say that he was great in the game. I thought he made some really good saves, especially in the overtime. In the first period, I think he made some key saves when he finally saw some shots. But the two goals that were scored, they're weird goals. Like They're bizarre goals for the block shot that Provorov bounced that blocks and then it kicks off the, the kick plate of the boards and it kicks off there so hard. It comes back and hits him in the back of the leg and goes in like that looks really bad. Right. But that's just a bad luck goal. The other one where he had it up against the post, like that can't happen. He's got to know where that puck is. He's got to be able to find that puck. I, and looking at it, and I, and I looked at it several times in slow motion. I'm just trying to figure it out. He just didn't know where it is. And when the referee sees that he doesn't have something covered up, he doesn't blow the whistle. Um, I don't think it was the reason they lost the game, but those are two weird goals that went in. And I guess it's easy to blame the goalie. and But they're weird goals. Uh, the other goal that, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't love the first goal, the, the Colson goal, because it was a clear-sighted shot. Um, And there was the original question that was asked. It was a clear sighted shot that he had a beat on. The player just beat him high glove for his first ever NHL goal. You know, I'd like to see him fight that off. He didn't fight that one off. He had a really good preseason. We'll see where his game goes here in the regular season. It was an okay start, but it wasn't a good enough start for Carter Hart in this, in this first game of the season. He didn't lose the game for him, but he didn't win the game for him either. I guess that's maybe the best way to put it. All right, that's going to put a wrap on Twitter questions. That's going to put a wrap on going through some rating and reviews. If you want to leave a rating and review, by all means, I would love it if you did it. I'd love it if you left a good one. If you you have a complaint you want to leave in a review, hey, I read them. I will take them to heart. You can either just tweet me your thoughts or you can put them in a rating and review. I have no problem with that. In the meantime... Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Flyers will be back at it coming up on Monday when they take on the Seattle Kraken. I hope this episode was enjoyable, even though the result wasn't enjoyable. The game was good. It was great to have back, and it was great. to If you were in that crowd, I applaud you. You were awesome. We'll be back tomorrow with another brand new episode of Flyers Daily. Have a great day.